What's up, everybody? This is your girl, Shanti Das, the host of the Silence the Shame podcast. You're tuned in to episode 44 with my co-host, Free the Vision. Hey, Free. What's going on, Shanti? How are you? I'm good. You got a nice sunny background going on. God is good. The sun is shining. My Amen. brother, good to see Amen. your face. Likewise, it feels good. And it's a beautiful day in Atlanta. So I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm catching the vibes outside. Yes, yes. And this is May. It's Mental Health Awareness Month. We have a lot going on. Um, you know, we just experienced May 5th, which is which was National Silence to Shame Day. And thank you to everybody that donated and supported to our organization. You know, we have this new mission, the soundtrack of mental health, it's wellness trainings in the music community, and we're going to be providing 60-minute free, and can I say free, pun intended for you, my brother, <laughs> mental health trainings that will provide understanding around mental health, suicide prevention, um, information around substance abuse, anxiety, uh, mental health first aid training, all of the above. So we're just honored to be able to bring this to the community. And thank you to our first partner, Sony Music Publishing, uh, for teaming up with us. And that's why this conversation is so important today, because we have a literal rock star in the building, guys. Yes. And at the forefront of music culture and artistry, artist development, vocal coaching, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on as an artist and creative herself. Um, but we're just truly humbled, and and I call her my dear friend. We're spiritual sisters, and and we're, we're sisters in music, and sisters in God and Christ, and you know, not to impose our spirituality on anyone. That is our personal faith and our belief. Um, but this this woman is is a woman of her word. Anytime I call on her, she's there. And I just want to give a warm, warm, big welcome to my dear friend, Mama Jan Smith. Woo you were way too gracious that was that was more than warm that was hot that was but <laughs> thank you yeah you know i hope that i can uh, live up to all of the kind kind words so thank you for that i'm very humble thank you yeah thank you for being here with us today we know your time is limited and, and we certainly appreciate it but i do know everybody's time everybody's time is is important that's right and and you guys may be familiar with mama jan she was on one of our podcasts i mean on one of our community conversations that we had in atlanta georgia before the pandemic i think back in 2018 and we partnered with music cares which is the foundation arm of the recording academy so thank you again for for, for coming along and supporting silence shame mama jan can Actually, you Shanti, listeners, uh, uh, just a quick background on on what you do and and some of the artists that you've worked with over the years so they can just get a, a glimpse of your brilliance uh, sure, sure. Um, I am. Um, well, like you said, I started out as an artist. So um, being a singer songwriter when I was a kid and cut my first record when I was 15, but then traveled and toured and did all of the artist life stuff and, and really toured well into my 40s uh, playing uh, Southern rock and roll music. That was kind of my ilk being a post Woodstock child. And, uh, you know, from that point, I started working in studios, helping other artists doing production. So I've been to studios most of my life. Mm. And doing, you know, vocal arranging. I was doing character voices and cartoon work and things like that for, you know, work in Atlanta uh, just to stay alive as a vocalist, but um, really found it um, 
kind of my calling, if you will, just helping other people and uh, was always you know, in the studio wanting to, you know, add value to people's recordings and learned a lot under some great producers and honed my own skill set. So what happened as a progression of all of that is I started working at a rock and roll guitar school with one vocalist who was struggling and nobody was really catering to the needs of rock vocalists, rappers, what I call street musicians, my people, uh, R&B singers, pop singers, hip hop singers, uh, rock, metal, you know, uh, and those that those that were outside of the classical realm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from that burst, Jansmith Studios and the whole Mama Jandom thing, um, I have been doing this for probably 33 years now as Jansmith Studios and Mama Jan and have worked with the likes of, uh, I mean, just some incredible vocalists, as you all know, some singers, everybody from uh, Usher and Justin Bieber to Shania Twain, uh, Seven Dust, uh, different like hardcore uh, metal bands uh, and and working with those folks. And then also people like uh, Collective Soul, Rob Thomas and Matchbox 20 was one of my first babies, Edwin McCain, Sugarland, you know, country, rock, rap, hip hop. So uh, Drake, we, we kind of have run the gamut just in terms of those artists. And yeah, the Drake? Uh, yeah I, I was actually on, <laughs> I was actually on tour. Uh, I was in Canada with Justin Bieber on the Bieber tour and they called me to work with Drake. And, uh, you know, it was kind of like, well, I'm already in Canada on this call. I can't really get on the road. And I sent one of my colleagues and, um, but he, yeah, he came into my house for work on his first tour and I'm real proud, you know, proud of the, you know, progress that he's made too. But yeah, we, you know, we kind of have a, a laundry list, if you will, and, and uh, not trying to, uh, you know, make light of anyone or, or even puff that up, but people now in the entertainment industry and film, uh, The Rock Johnson, Liam Neeson, uh, Christian Sherados, people like that are also clients because of the film industry that's coming to Atlanta. And it's just been a real um, surreal and God-ordained thing uh, that I kind of came into kicking and screaming, but Mm. am so grateful now uh, and just really comfortable in in where the work is for me, and that is to help other people shine. Yes, and you know what? Actually, when we talk about her um, having done our panel back in 2018, it was the very first soundtrack of mental health panel, actually. Yeah, yeah, I think it was with David, uh, David Banner. With David uh, Banner. Uh, I think and, uh, Brian Michael Cox because. Yep. Yeah. 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 Wow, yeah. look at that. So this is full circle. It really yeah. is. That re- wow, this is so awesome. And again, you know, just kudos to you and, and blessings on all that you've done in your career. Thank um, you, thank you. I want to kind of jump right into this conversation around, you know, mental health and wellness mm-hmm. in the music industry and you certainly have your own story mm-hmm. uh, and um can you just share a little bit about uh what some of the the tough times were you when you had to face some of your mental wellness challenges and then kind of how you see that playing out with some of the artists you know that we love and not necessarily the ones you work with but just for sure in general you, you know um thank you shanti I, I, you know uh, as I mentioned, being kind of a post Woodstock era kid, uh, back back in that day, um, it, it was all about you know sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I mean that that was kind of the the tagline that went with Woodstock. And um, 
I grew up in a, a pretty staunch Southern Baptist Christian home. So playing rock and roll music was not something that was ordained in my family, uh, certainly not by my father. And so daddy wanted me to grow up, you know, singing in the church. So that was the first conflict. And it, and it wasn't that I didn't love God or love the church, but I wanted to play the music that it was that was coming out of me. And that was rock music. So there was a conflict therein with my own family that uh, being being a, a gifted child uh, at that time there weren't all these programs where you could go to school to be a producer you know it was like you're gonna go and be a teacher or you're gonna be a homemaker and so it was very different in that day and time that was really the first struggle in my life of, of you know not fitting in even in my own family not even feeling as the, as if that was the the place I belonged and then being kind of isolated as an adolescent because I was playing music. Nowadays, everybody's walking around with a guitar and as a singer songwriter, but then that wasn't the case. If I had the dream of being a music artist, people were like, you know, what kind of weirdo are you? Uh, mm. So I feel even more of a weirdo uh, in, in, you know, social settings and was pretty isolated. So uh, that began my own uh, challenge and, and drug use when I was a, an adolescent, which, in, you know, landed me in a a rehab program called the Crossroads, Crossroads when I was uh, 16 and 17 years old and so grateful I, I, beyond measure for the therapists and the counselors then who were ministering to the young people in, in my social group who were just like me because um, I, I don't know that I would be here sitting here talking to you now if that weren't true then. Uh, so I'm grateful for the time that I had to belong in a group, a therapy group. Uh, and just so that you know, out of the, uh, I think there were eight of us in my original group, uh, there are two of us left living. Uh, I'm, mm. the only, I'm the only one who's sober. Uh, mm. And some, some of the other deaths have occurred, uh, cancer, you know, and some other drug-related, alcohol-related accidents, things like that. So that's that's the reality of, of, you know, what we're talking about mm -hmm. when we're talking about uh, substance abuse for all kinds of reasons, when we're talking about the inability to be able to cope otherwise. Mm -hmm. uh, fortunately, uh, I was able to make it through that. My daddy said, you're going to college. So I went to college. I studied psychology, uh, interestingly enough, because I didn't really want to be a music teacher. I didn't. The traditional ilk was not me. So studying psychology was the place where I, I guess I could say I figured me out a little better. Mm -hmm. uh, got a degree in psychology, a secondary degree in English comp and literature because I'm a writer and that words have always been beautiful to me. Got out of school uh, during the disco era. I couldn't get arrested playing original rock and roll music at that point. It was all piped in. It was all the weather girls and Donna Summer at that point, you know, mm -hmm. so um, there was really nowhere to play for live musicians unless you were doing cover stuff. And so um, I worked for the state of Georgia, South Cap Mental Health Center for nine and a half mm. years. Did you really? I didn't realize that. I ran a partial hospitalization program called KDAP, the Child and Adolescent Day Program, uh, for severely disturbed adolescents. We, um, four days a week, four hours a day, we had some of the most seriously disturbed kids uh, in, in the system. And, um, and it was amazing experience, um, you know, coming out of college where I went to school in Milledgeville, Georgia. So I also did my internship and residency at the state hospital there. So I got to see the back halls 
of people who had been hospitalized for 60 years and things like that. Real hardcore mental illness, if you will, uh, from a clinical standpoint. And then the application of that with young kids uh, at, at the Child and Adolescent Day Program. And finally, uh, I left the state, which is a sick system <laughs> in and of itself, <laughs> uh, working inside you know, systematic uh, mental health programming has its own issues. Mm -hmm. But um, um, so I was an outlier there as well, but uh, love the work that I did there and also at the DeKalb uh, workshop for um, um, about 80% Down syndrome at the last two years I worked in the, in the work, sheltered workshop um, and started teaching and started, uh, that's when I really, you know, launched out and did my own thing and became self-employed and immersed myself in the music industry, which in and of itself has some challenges of sickness. Um, but, you know, what I've seen from then to now as a professional, as a caring person, and also as a clinician, because I bring that part of my history and my training with me, uh, I've seen a tremendous amount of substance abuse because our industry doesn't have good boundaries. And the people mm. who are in our industry, myself included, we, we are the people who push those boundaries. Uh, we're constantly you know, moving uh, on the edge, uh, seeking new opportunities and, and uh, really kind of pushing the limits, if you will, of, of this world and of creativity and, and of, of being the set, creating the soundtrack of everyone's life. So I think that I've seen a lot of experimentation, which is one thing, but then experimentation sometimes has really led people to the darkest nights of their soul. And, um, you know, for me personally, not having boundaries in my own professional career led me into an adulterous relationship with one of my coworkers and uh, he was a married man. And, and for 10 years, we kept that very, very covert um, when it all went down and I met my God on the bathroom floor in my house, there again, alcohol, uh, which was never my poison, became my relief valve. And so mm. I, I had to really, argue with myself about am I going to go here again or am I going to grab a hold of something that's more substantial that can sustain me and that's really the turning point I think where God redeemed my life and lifted me out of my own uh, my own mire and my own pit if you will and gave me a different perspective on how to minister to other people that were suffering in very similar ways to me. Maybe it wasn't adultery, maybe it wasn't whatever, but the challenges of depression and anxiety and um, the pressure, just the pressure that, that people expect celebrities to live up to. My whole life was crumbling internally, but I had to be, you know, Mama Jan, this thing on the outside. And, and it's, it's a, this, the duality of that can become uh, very um, distorted. It can, it can become uh, very delusional at times. And then the pressures from the outside, especially with my celebrity artists, mm -hmm. it's unbelievable what people expect. It's unbelievable how much uh, other people project their needs onto these people who are just people. 
They are not gods. They are not, you know, they are not above any, any of the weaknesses that you, I, or anybody else can succumb to. And um, so I see the, the falter of that and of ego getting mixed in with that. And then you put substances in there and you have a train wreck real quick, mm-hmm. helping, mm. to, helping to sustain, helping to keep my artists grounded and also really telling them the truth. I am like known for kind of butthole honesty, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but for a reason, because I think that so many times, and Shanti, yeah, both of you know this, that, you know, for you know this too, but people placate and they play too the ego in our in our world mm-hmm. and sometimes it's really hard for artists and uh, people who are very successful to actually know what the truth is mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Being, being, able, being able to be a person who is accountable to them um, and to say no you sucked when you were up there this is what really happened this is what you looked like or, hey, you were actually really great. You, you know, putting in the time made it happen. That's what you need to do. Being able to be that, that bounce of truth, maybe, and to hold them accountable when other people may not be doing that. Sometimes it's cost me. Uh, many times, you know, there's eyebrows raised and other people like, you know, did you just really say that? It's like, yes, I did. And I will be responsible for what I just said because it's the truth. And truth works. So that's yes. kind of, that's kind of, uh, I know that was a long answer to your question. I apologize. Yes. But, but, you know, that's really what I see happening so often with my artists is that it's the lack of anybody telling them the truth. And they appreciate it so much because mm-hmm. they, they, they need it, but nobody is willing to tell them. And or willing to t- say, hey, you know what? I'm not going to work with you until you get your nose cleaned up or until you stop drinking because because you're not fit for me to actually spend my time trying to teach you something when you're inebriated. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to work mm-hmm. with you until you go see a therapist and who you get go to rehab. And um, and and I'll be with you. I'll stand beside you, but I'm not going to waste my time coaching you when you're drunk or you're you know high all the time. Helping people understand how to honor their temple, how important our bodies are. Oh my God, that you can, people treat their cars better than they treat their bodies. And you can buy a new car. You can buy a new car. You can't buy another one of these. And and so So, thank you for that answer. Uh, You know, we talk a lot about um, dual diagnosis, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've experienced this even in our family with a family member where they've gone to these, you know, treatment facilities and one of the facilities can't help them because they won't treat them until they get clean, you know, and right. so forth. And it's just a lot of back and forth and a lot of red tape, you know. And sometimes we know mental illness can be genetic, it can be mm-hmm. hereditary. A lot of, you know, the pressures that artists and, and folks with everyday careers, you know, they deal with just, you know, whether you said it's the ego, it's a pressure of society, it could be social media, it's a lack of self-esteem, it's all of that coming down on them. And people do use alcohol and other substances as coping mechanisms. And mm-hmm. you Self-medication. Yep. Yeah, you yep. mentioned that, you know, mm-hmm. talk a little bit more about, you know, the artists and the celebrities having to, you know, deal with, 
you know, alcoholism and substance abuse, but there might also be some underlying issues and how that just can sometimes be a perfect storm in terms of diagnosing it and trying to get the help. And if you have people in your camp that are just yes people, unlike you, it's mm-hmm. really difficult for the artists to come out of those experiences. Well, and let me say that, you know, uh, when you are in a camp and you are a truth bearer, uh, other people in the camp are not kind to you either yep. because yep. you are a threat to them uh, if, if you're exposing certain things. And so, I, you know, I've been I've been ousted in a couple of camps because of that. And it's been very hurtful, but I, I'm OK with that because I'm going to live with the truth. You mentioned something, too, Shanti, about uh, social media. I didn't have social media when I was growing up. I didn't have cell phones either or computers, but I'm that old. But the bottom line is, um, you know, it's it's an amazing tool. And at the same time, it is incredibly negative. And what people do to each other is just like, wow, like really. Uh, those pressures alone for artists and the whole comparison thing is such a different it's just such a different world in music from when I came up doing what I do. Helping people to stay grounded in that is, is like humongous because self-imaging and the deterioration that happens internally from that is mm. huge for people to have to, to scrapple with in the midst of everything else that they're dealing with. Um, you, you talk about dual diagnosis and so, so that people understand that when, when you're talking about someone who uh, either by heredity or just by development or sometimes even learned, uh, mental illness can be learned as well. Uh, it can be emulated from very early on in families where mental illness may exist. And so what happens with that is you have a person who's struggling with a, a mental illness, a borderline personality, a depression, a schizophrenic or schizoid personality, a paranoia. And then you couple that with with some type of self-medication, typically is how that starts out. Uh, You have all your clinical medications that happen. And then, you you know, when people get a little older, they uh, they might party a little bit. They may smoke a little bit. Then they smoke a little more. They drink a little bit, smoke a little bit. They do at the same time. They might do a little powder. They might do a little whatever. And that concoction is very toxic because it does mask the real symptoms that are underneath and the reason for the motivation of needing to self-medicate. So it, it's incredibly difficult. And when I was saying that the systems can be very sick also, uh, the systems are not very adept at being able to work with those issues of substance abuse and self-medication and the diagnosis underlying of mental illness or of some type of personality issues. Mm-hmm. Those challenges combined makes it very, very difficult. And we're seeing that play out all over our lives. The, the landscape of human existence right now is exactly what we're talking about. It, I see it, every, it screams at me every day. I, and I don't, I don't really wanna watch a whole lot of news and things, although I have to stay aware of my surroundings and the world. But I don't even have to watch the news to see it. I can drive down the street or pull up at a street corner and, and look at the, uh, the enormity of, you know, the homelessness issue that we have, the challenges in that alone, which, you know, plagued me back in the 80s. I was doing, trying to do uh, fundraisers and concerts to raise money for the homeless. And at that time, there were only 8,000 homeless people in Atlanta. Go figure what that number is now. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So 
you're talking about the the very the very issues that we as a society and as a people and especially in the entertainment industry if we don't deal with this if we don't learn how to root it out and to be supportive and to and to find the help for our contemporaries for our our creatives we're going to continue to lose them in in large numbers we already see overdoses we already see failed health and heart attacks that happen way too soon we just mm-hmm. lost a great artist at 50 mm-hmm. okay were there physical things going on but yes there's also a lineage of other things that contributed to the breakdown of that of that temple and mm-hmm. so helping people to really understand how to maintain their health their physical health their mental health their spiritual health is is everything is everything to the health of who we are as a society as a culture as creatives as an industry and as a people just period just period you know i first of all i love everything that you're saying and i could just sit and talk with you all day because it's so knowledgeable <laughs> Seriously. And then I'm a words person too. So I'm appreciating all of this. But I did want to also ask you about two things actually that you mentioned. You know, one is in this industry, like you said, there are not many healthy boundaries. And it is a social industry, just by its Mm -hmm. nature. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you speak kind of to because there's also like, I mean, drugs have always been a thing, but there's also this sense of now where drugs are heavily glorified yeah. Um, in the music itself. Like, you know, maybe before you had artists that might've been on drugs for years and you would never know it. Right. Um, but now like, can you speak to like one, those lack of boundaries and then when that lifestyle also is what's feeding you artistically because now you don't know what to write about if you're not writing about the glorification of mm-hmm. your ills. Mm-hmm. So, can you kind of um, speak to like any advice or um, or even just maybe a little bit of perspective about how that is um, almost supported? Those weaknesses are supported sure. within the industry. Absolutely. I mean, um, and this is again, I'm in, I'll take you know full responsibility for anything that I'm saying here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, my my personal my personal uh, bent on this is that. Um, it, it's not unusual in, in our history as, as mankind and, and womankind. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not unusual that uh, all of the excesses, uh, all of those things that are considered uh, you know, sinful, if you will, are, are glorified. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that, that's part of the real struggle, I think, uh, from the beginning of time between good and evil. Um, and, and our industry is, is like the wild, wild west. It, we, we glorify and, and exemplify all of that because of the lack of boundaries. For me personally, can you say that again? Mm-hmm. I don't know what I just said, but anyhow, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was how we glorify it and the, and the lack of boundaries. Well, well mm-hmm. and 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 that, but that's true, and and I think that part of that comes out of the yearning for create for creativity and to to be alive in all of those things that that God created us to do. God created us to be creatives, to be uh, in the image of, to uh, exemplify and glorify and to be just majestic creatures. I think that that being in the world and not of the world is where I had to draw my lines, Mm. establishing those boundaries. Mm -hmm. But the, the industry is not going to do that for me. 
the industry is not going to do that for mm. an artist. I think when I'm dealing with artists, I talk with them like, you know, way up close personal and say, this is your choice. You need to make a decision. What is good for you? How much, what you can tolerate and all, and really look at that for you and then begin mm -hmm. to set those boundaries up around you and in the structure of your, you know, the, the team so that you have the support for what you need just on a vocal level alone. I have to help people get what they need around them so that they can function as vocalists and be sustainable. Mm -hmm. um, but Free, you're, you're right. Our, our industry uh, has never, should be more of a leader. And I think that there are people, Shanti, yourself, there are people who are leading now and saying, hey, this is not okay. I'm tired of my brothers and sisters dying. I'm sick and tired of burying my artists. I don't want to see somebody mm -hmm. else with a needle in their arm or their neck mm -hmm. that we find in a hotel room bent over a pillow. No, that's not okay with me. It's not all right with me for my artists to be struggling physically, mentally, and, and then having other people shoving alcohol and all the other stuff at them. Mm -hmm. It's not okay. The mm -hmm. more of us who say that, the more boundaries then are going to be safe. Kind of like what Music Harris has done with the Recording Academy. There's a safe room mm -hmm. because there are a lot of artists who perform on the show who need a place to be okay with not being around all the chatter that, that has gone on for years and years that are temptations. I don't mm -hmm. want to be around it. I can't put myself in a room where certain substances are. If I walk mm -hmm. into a party or you know, if I'm back to whatever, I'm like, okay, I got to go. And those mm -hmm. are my things I have to assess for myself. Even though it's been like years and years and years, <laughs> I still know that that part of me exists. And that mm. temptation is something I'm not going to put in front of myself. Mm -hmm. I have boundaries now. It's like, no, I'm out. I'll see you later. Love you. Mean it. Bye. <laughs> um, the same way that I'm not, you know, I'm, all over the place and and uh i know that the temptations of this world for me to be with somebody and think that i found my soulmate led me into an adulterous relationship i have boundaries now that say no i'm uh, thank you very much i appreciate it. i'm not interested appreciate you mm -hmm. uh, you know thank mm -hmm. you and and move on so that i keep myself solid myself sustainable myself protected from the evil that is abounding and that is encouraged and that is actually made available in like large, large quantities. Uh, what would you say people. to, and sorry to interject, what would you say to artists who fear that setting those boundaries would alienate them from their success? Like huh? they wouldn't be able to attend those parties. They wouldn't be able to get ahead because it's abundant to them. I, I understand. I, I, you know, that's a, it's like it's like artists who feel like they've got to get really doped up or something to, to create i'm just like really like aren't you mm. uh, you know uh, wh what's being creative here you are the fact that you think you are because you're smoking that much dope it's like hello mm. you know mm -hmm. where, where does creativity come from you know whatever you're doing or is it you like let's don't kid ourselves here it doesn't come from a plant Creativity doesn't come from a substance. Creativity comes from within us. We are created in greatness. 
we are created in greatness. And so helping people to really get down to the skibby of that is number one for me. But to answer your question more directly, you know, I, I took some hits. Uh, socially, I've taken hits. Uh, Industry-wise, I've taken hits for certain statements that I've made for my own belief system for being able to say this. And, and I, I don't go around dumping gospels on people. That I don't judge people. I tell my artists all the time when I'm doing evals, how much weed do you smoke? Are you doing any other chemicals? What, because I have to know what I'm, the ecosystem that I'm dealing with. I love them and they know that without judgment, but I'm also going to tell them the physiological truth, no emotional judgment. I'm going to tell you the physical stuff you're doing and you call yourself a singer and you want to sing. And here's what's going to happen. If you keep doing that, you want to lose your voice. You want to keep singing. That's mm -hmm. your choice. I'm going to work with you, but you're tying my hands behind my back. Mm -hmm. So what do you want? What do you want more? Being able to separate yourself out from the herd. I just, I don't believe in herd mentality, number one. That's me. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. I have. <laughs> but I don't think that any artist that has ever made it to the tip, tip top has made it by following a crowd. It's mm -hmm. always been by who they are separately from that, that elevates them. So when people talk to me about, well, I, I need to be here. It's like, okay. You know, is a party, is a is going to that party going to make you greater at what you do? And the answer is no. Mm -hmm. The answer is no. Being excellent has nothing to do with how much alcohol you drink. Being excellent has nothing to do with how many hands you shake. Mm -hmm. Being excellent has nothing to do with who saw you where. It has everything to do with being excellent at what you are doing. Mm -hmm. And when you exemplify excellence, people can't stay away from it. Mm, I love that. I love that. It's true. Let me ask you, Mama Jen, um, what do you think this initiative, the Soundtrack of Mental Health, and I know you haven't taken the trainings yet, but we, we're going to open them up for everybody soon. And, and we hope that you will sign on and you know we'll Absolutely. offer it free to your clients as well. And, and this is not, you know, the only game changer, but it is a step, I think, in the right direction. Again, that's why we are so grateful to be doing this work and hopefully other yeah, people yeah. come forward and, and thank you for just championing what I'm doing. What do you think this could mean or will mean to creatives um, in the music business to have these, you know, mental health and crisis trainings available? I know it's not going to be the only thing that can deter them from the demons, but at least if we can educate folks, we can start getting them in the mindset of understanding what it is, what the signs are, what the treatments that are available. And hopefully if we're all collaboratively coming together and singing the same song, if you will, then maybe we can have folks. Mm -hmm. I think um, two things in response to your question. One is um, being being that place, that safe place, that if when somebody really is at that point of of not knowing where to go, that they know where to go, uh, that there's that there's somebody on the other end of that, that there's you know they can at least look and see. I, I believe that I believe that knowledge is power, and the application of that makes us more successful. And and so educating people uh, is the only way to win. Educating other people and letting them 
see and know and then make their own decisions therein. So I, I do believe that, that it starts there. But you're, you're talking about, a, a, you know, a, an ugly, uh, a sore you know, mental, mental illness and, and all of the substance abuse issues and the, the things we're talking about, the lack of boundaries, it's like an ugly, festering, you know, pussy, nasty, decaying sore. And without opening that up and cleaning it out, it's never going to heal. I think that what you're doing, I, I believe so much in the work mm -hmm. that you're doing, Shanti, because you're, you're willing to open that up and it's it's ugly and it smells and it's nasty and it's going to have it's got to bleed it's it's got we've got to get the infection out and and i think that that's what you're doing is that you're opening that up mm -hmm. so that something can finally heal mm -hmm. and without that we are going it's going to continue to fester and get more erosive and take more and more from us and make us sicker and sicker and that's what that's what that's what it's done. That's what it's done for my entire existence in the industry. That's what I've seen. Now we have hope, and and without that, we can never move forward. I love that. Thank you, thank you, Mama mm. Chan, and and I love that. Oh, of, like, that was excellent. I love, I love the healing of having to get the infection out, right? Yeah, yeah, and being mm. able to really like pull back that band-aid and that scab and, and finally let something heal. Um, it truly is an honor for us to be doing this work and, and to be mm. the partner. And, and especially I'll say, you know, Music Cares has been doing such a great job in this industry for so long. And mm -hmm. to be completely transparent, like like you, I'm, I'm a pretty honest and open person like you, Mama Jan. For some artists in the hip hop and R&B community, you know, they didn't know about Music Cares. Right. We can say that Music Cares didn't, you know, promote to that community, but you know, we've been doing a lot of space, you know, in the R and B and hip hop community. But we're also pushing people to Music Cares because when even when I was an executive, I didn't know that that existed. Right. Right. So, right. Silence to Shame is just another organization out here trying to fight the good fight, but particularly show also communities of color that. You know, in addition to the general population, right? That sure, sure. help is available, and there's help that you might not even know about. So that's why we're looking to do the collaborative work to join forces and to really push this information out there and educate everyone. Um, so we we love for you also, Mama Jan, and we're gonna we we talked about this a little bit last week as a kind of a precursor to the call. I love for you to give kind of like two or three minutes on you know, each of these topics. Can you talk about isolation and how that can hurt, you know, creatives in the industry if they don't deal with the isolation and, and kind of like what leads to that isolation, maybe from a depression and anxiety perspective, and then follow that up with self-care and why that is so important to musicians, artists, executives, and people in the creative community. And this will be a part of our soundtrack of mental wellness trainings that we do. We have a um, something called shameless truths or shameless plugs. And that's why we have experts like yourself and people that are in the industry and that are seasoned veterans to come in and talk around this subject matter. So if you could start with the isolation piece and you know, self-care. Mm -hmm. um, thank you. One of, one of the best examples of, of, of isolation 
that I saw, that I lived through and watched happen, and then it became uh, a hit song, was the song that Justin Bieber put out called Lonely. And the video of him when he was this kid and, you know, what if you had it all and nobody to call? You know, I think that people are eluded that celebrities Mm. have all stuff going on and 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 they do there are people around uh, especially during certain times and then there are more time when celebrities and people that are propped up from you know uh the culture they're by themselves they're self-doubting they're alone they don't have those bffs the rider dies with them and sometimes those bffs or rider dies happen to be the people who are uh, helping to enable them to abuse more uh, it, and it's just it's that vicious cycle but what i see the isolation is in the demands that are placed on you and the necessity sometimes to be isolated for your own safety uh, you know can you imagine beyonce trying to you know go to a grocery store i mean give me a break it, that normal and i told this i'm famous for saying this in, in a major movie this is your new normal and I said that to that teenage boy because I, I wanted to him to understand this is what you're choosing to do. And, and this is what normal is in that capacity. You will not be able to go down a street like a normal person ever again because of your celebrity. And it, uh, that in and of itself is an, is an isolating thing, which makes us begin to go inward versus continuing to let those feelings out. And when that process happens, artists begin to erode from the outside in. And and I think that that's a very dangerous thing. Having someone to talk to, having that person that, that regardless of anything else can speak truth into your life, having goals, uh, in, in terms of self-care and, and maintenance and sustainability, making sure that your diet, the things that you're eating are not feeding a negative system. Sugar, 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 alcohol, 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 sugar, sugar, sugar. You're feeding imbalance in the chemical body itself. We weren't created to eat yellow dye number seven. We were created to eat organic foods. And when I get more of my artists into that mindset of health first, like physiology, because physiology is predictable. If you do this, then you get that. And if I can get people drinking more water, which is the substance of life, drinking more water, drinking more water, purifying, purifying, right? Then you begin to get results where you feel better. Anxiety starts to subside. People can breathe easier. Sometimes some of the anxious feelings they have is due to dehydration. They're not drinking enough water. It's crazy. We can turn on our tap in this society and more women die of heart failure due to dehydration than any other country in the world. It's crazy. So doing simple things to maintain the physiology helps to create a calmness and then you can deal with some of the emotional. But having your team, having your team, man, who you have around you, who you have speaking into your life, your heart and your ears is major important. And you better know who they are at the core of who they are. My best friends are not in this industry. They're not. And, and that doesn't mean that I don't have good friends in this industry. But my ride or die 
are people that I've known that have, and have known me and my story for 16, 20, you know, 25 years. People who I know will lace up their tennis shoes in the middle of the night and come get me if I need them to. And that's what you gotta have. You gotta have somebody who's willing to be there for you. 100%, thank you. And I, I too have, uh, Mom Jan, I'll tell you, I have some, my core group of friends. I, we've been friends since the sixth grade. One That's of my right. very best friends, we've been friends since the second grade. Yeah. And it's funny, when I got my job at LaFace and I started experiencing success and life was moving fast and I was in the clubs and I was drinking and I was hanging out, I always took my girls along with me. And people knew that, you know, if it was a VIP section, if my yeah. girls didn't come, I wasn't going <laughs> to leave because yeah. I knew they were, they are the ones that would be like, girl, you tripping. Yeah. You, you moving too fast. Like this yeah. ain't auntie I know. And so yeah. I had yeah. to be, you know, really careful. And there were times where I even had to just check myself and go, okay. And, and you know, my story and, and what I've dealt with in terms of the anxiety and, and the depression and walking away I was at the top of my game you know when I yeah. walked away from a very lucrative career yeah. but I yeah. had health issues so you talk about physiology and and the physical aspects of not taking care of yourself and you know just the trauma that I had never dealt with my dad's suicide and my mom right. developed Alzheimer's and it was crazy for me and, yeah. and I walked away and I, and I you know I used to have regrets about walking away from a half a million dollar a year job but now I feel like God has placed this ministry of silence and shame, if you will, <clears throat> in my lap. And now we have a, a team. It's a real organization. And, and we that's right. You know, this this important work. And, you know, it's been hard. I, I won't lie. We're still a small organization. People think that we have this huge office in Atlanta on Peachtree somewhere. <laughs> and we're this like multi-million dollar organization. <laughs> but I know God wouldn't give me something that he's not going to see through. Yeah, so yeah. all of that will come, but it's just such a blessing to be able to do this and, and to be able to hear, you know, your ministry and, and your walk and your experiences. And I love how you pour into your artists. I think it's so mm -hmm. important. We Thank need you. more mama jams in this industry, right? Because Absolutely. I've seen the camps who get that, you know, oftentimes even managers are afraid to tell the artist the truth. Of because course. You know, mm -hmm. that's their lifeline. That's their lifeline. How they teach they're making money they're making money off of them. yeah and, and that's and that's the other thing that i'll say about artists feeling isolated is because when people make money off of you when people are making a living off of you uh you the the truth gets skewed really quickly and and so making sure that you do understand you know business is business and and i appreciate business for what it is but it but it's also about understanding the relationships they're in and really being able to understand where the truth lies therein. Um, I, I think that a lot of people lose sight of what's real and what's true. And that, that kind of fuels the isolation also in a different kind of way, which begins to make it delusional. And that's where we see the ego and delusion get kind of mixed in together. You throw in a little bit of alcohol or something else and we're, it's like we're off to the races, right? So um, being able to stay grounded in the truth and, and, you know, my, I know Shonda, you, you, we, we share, we share a spiritual conviction, helping people to be grounded in, in their spirit 
and to have it and to have something that they can read that they can rely on that is a truth source matters so much um and and helping to encourage that whether it's the same thing that i believe or not but to encourage that uh is a is a major piece of my work if you will to be able to save the world one voice at a time i, I want I, I want my artists to be sustainable i want them to you know understand the incredible um yoke that they have and, and the platforms that god has given them and for them to thrive in it with their excellence versus watching it just deteriorate into nothing it uh you know, and, and that too is a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice to excel and to sustain. That's right. A hundred percent. I know free had a question for you and then we just have mm -hmm. one more question and we're going to okay. let you go back to your work, but this is this <laughs> an important conversation. And I, I hope this, this podcast will be heard by millions because it, it truly, you've, you've enlightened us, you've inspired us. Thank you so much. It's so important, again, that our artists and creatives and executives know that they have support, they have the outlet mm -hmm. you know, to help, and that they have the space to be themselves, but also mm -hmm. allow community in, that, that true community that, that wants to help. And they're starting to speak out, too. I, I, I'll, I'll say mm -hmm. this. I'll give a plug to one of my artists, Ananya Birla, who is a, a, you know from India, is yeah. starting to really speak out and use her platform. Uh, you know, Justin Bieber has done that, and he's stepping into that and really uh, helping to steward that to shed some light on these on these subjects. I think, uh, you know, mm -hmm. we're, we're seeing more and more artists who are willing to step up and do that, too. So go ahead, yes. Free. Yes. Absolutely. That's a blessing. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, I love that. Um, I wanted to ask something a little bit more personal to you, too. You spoke mm -hmm. about being in your dark moment. And I, I'm curious to know from your vantage point, when you were in that darkest space of your life, what would you say that you could have used most? Like what would have been of most benefit to you, even as an artist? An individual yeah. first, individual first, and, and then, you know, career second. Uh, you know what, Free, this may sound oversimplified, um, and it's it's really not, because uh, when I really came to the end of myself uh, after, after the breakup of my relationship, and I was at that point in my life as an adult recognizing a lot of things, uh, having faith, having a faith, was the only thing that saved me that and and the one thought this is so funny to me now but I, that i was not willing for my mother to find a mess or to see that i had shocked myself and be the person who had to deal with that the rest of her life i i i, I got to that point and it was the thought of my mother having to deal with this that made me go i can't i i and i didn't pull the trigger uh, so family and, and, and I don't mean just blood family. I mean, who, who is your family, <laughs> family and, and faith are the two things that, that gave me hope that in the darkest place, that was the only light that I had. And, and I, for whatever reason, I, I was able to say, okay, no, 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 I, you know, wait a minute. And then getting 
digging out of that and the boundaries that had to be put in place from that point. And it took two years, mind you. Mm. It took a couple of years for me to get myself together. Uh, and I wrote a book about it. The book is called Run the Other Way. So you, you're welcome to pick that up too. <laughs> but uh, about the process of, of, you know, getting all of that out of me. I had a couple of really like ride or die friends who stood by me and just were like right there. Didn't matter what my celebrity was. Didn't matter who people brought. None, none of that mattered. But my entire career went down. My as a vocalist, my art because my my uh, my person <laughs> was my producer and was in my my band. And so ev everything eroded for me as a professional. Mm -hmm. So I had to I had to let that go. I had to let it go. And that was whew, woo. I I didn't know if I was going to survive that. I did. God is greater. God is greater than anything we can fathom. And calling on that and having that faith to grab hold, that was the knot at the end of my rope that just let me go, okay, okay, you promised me that I'm your child. Now, okay, take care of me. What am I doing? What am I doing? Mm. And finding my way. I, I hope that that answers your question. That, that, that Absolutely. For me, for me, it was faith. And it really was calling, calling out, but there was nobody else around in that moment. It was me alone with the uh, Smith Wesson 38. Uh, mm -hmm. Cold blue steel, baby. That's, it came down to the skivvy for me. And, and thinking, oh Lord, I, I no, I can't do this to my mother. And that was it. That was it. Mm -hmm. So don't, don't ever discount, don't ever discount relationships wow they matter so much they matter so much so much thank you jan for that really personal account of your experience and and, and what really comforted you and allowed you to get the help that you needed that night for sure. I, I can certainly understand although um i did not take those pills that night of september in 2015 i came really close thank god and it was mm -hmm. my sister. You talk about relationships. Yeah. I laid on both folds. It was my, on both fronts, rather. It was my sister. May she rest in peace. That's another story because I'm still trying yep. to get through that grief. But yes, ma'am. She encouraged me to call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is 1-800-273-TALK. And I also texted my pastor, Dr. Raphael G. Warnock, who's now Senator Warnock. And he said, I'll pray with you. Yeah. But you got to go to the doctor yeah you yeah got to get help so yeah. god intervened on my behalf and allowed me to reach out to my spiritual pastor mm -hmm. and he pushed me forward and he and god provided that strength that i needed yep for the doctor to get help and i needed to go on antidepressants and i did just that that following monday i called um because this was a saturday night so there are definitely some parallels there um, in terms of using faith and relationships um, to get us through, you know, some really tough times, whether you're an artist, whether you're, you know, a dentist, a lawyer, a doctor, a fireman, whatever, like, I think all of this that we talked about in this episode, I know we're talking about musicians and mental health, but it certainly rings true for anybody suffering, you know, yeah. find that spiritual place, if you believe in the universe, whatever it is, find that connection, that point of yeah. connection surround yourself with people that love you with truth tellers that people that's not necessarily going to just be your yes people right because we mm -hmm. we don't need that we need uh -uh. we need that 
honesty and we need people that's going to see us for who we are, whether it's good or bad. And that's going to be there in the good times and bad times. Not when we just got that number one record, we got that. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. Around the world. We need people where if we're in COVID and we dropped off and we ain't selling no records or we're anxious and depressed and can't write any songs, who's calling you then? Those are the people Mm -hmm. that you need in your corner and on your side. And so be, yeah. you know, be be in, um, intentional about setting boundaries. So the last thing that we'll ask you is take us out with a little something again on boundaries and the importance of boundaries, especially if you are creative and a musician, as we learn to heal and, and move forward in this space, Mama Jan. You know, the best example that I, and, and I'll share this again, just from my own belief system as it relates to boundaries. Um, if, if you look at the Ten Commandments, uh, a lot of people think, oh, that was given, you know, whatever people believe about that, that was given to us. It, it's going to hem us in. It, it's going to limit our freedom. It's going to, it's like, no. Think about if, if the entire world really, thou shalt not kill. Okay, let's just take that one. Wow. What a what a wonderful world this would be. It those were not given to us to him us in. They were given to us to protect us, to protect us from ourselves. I believe that boundaries are exactly that. They're the lines that we draw that sustain us, that keep us safe. It's not that we can't go over there, it's that we choose not to because it's not okay. It's not okay with me to look at someone who's suffering and say, screw you. It's not okay for me to say, oh, somebody else will take care of that. It's not okay for me to see things happening in my world and my society and my culture and go, oh, well, you know, they should have just done this or what. That is not okay. It's not okay. Boundaries are those things that keep us okay that are the truth, putting truth in our boundaries protects us from ourselves. We are, <laughs> we are an unruly people. We are, we are unruly. And, and I'm, I'm saying that in, in the best way that I can, that from the beginning of time, we can't be trusted with ourselves. So having great boundaries around us allows us to learn how to love to learn how to trust, to learn how to build with each other instead of against each other, right? To work with each other so that we can sustain who we are as artists, as people, as a culture, and as a world. So for me, boundaries are those things that are very positive at this point. They are not negatives that keep me out. It keeps other stuff out of my way so that I can exemplify the truth of who I am and be excellent in it. That is what boundaries truly should be. Yes, yes, yes. We Perfection. That is awesome. awesome. Perfection. My dear friend, everybody, once again, let's give it up for the incredibly talented and humble Mama Jan Smith, and let the crowd mm-hmm. go wow. Hey, thank you. Thank you, my sister, my brother. Thank you 
for including me in this dialogue and also for, for the work that you're doing that, that truly is making a difference. It is setting a boundary saying no more. When you say silence the shame, that's exactly what you're doing. We are not going to keep this quiet anymore. Uh, what a great boundary. What a great marker in, in your life and for other people right now to know that we are willing to open that up to air it out and to heal so thank you for your work thank you so much mama jan oh, tell us how we can stay in touch with you and and how people can reach out to you i'm easy 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 peasy to find uh i'm mama jan music everywhere m-a-m-a-j-n or jan smith you can find me just uh, you want to google mama jan you'll find me <laughs> Thank you for that. Amazing, amazing. Uh, Free, how can we follow you? I am like Mama Jan, easy everywhere. I am uh, free the vision everywhere. There it so is. So anywhere that you are, free the vision. Woo! And, Woo. and how, how can the, the good people out there listen to our podcast? What do we need? Yes, we, we need them to rate, subscribe, share, and comment so that these kind of conversations can grow and expand. Um, we are on Apple, Google, and SoundCloud, and now also on Spotify. So shout Yay. out to that. Yes, yes. Awesome, awesome. And I am your host, Shanti Das. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Shanti Das 404. Make sure you follow us at Silence the Shame on Instagram and at Silence TH Shame. Hopefully we can get that name this year, <laughs> the full name, but at Silence TH Shame on Facebook and Twitter. Our website is silenceshame.com. We do have resources there. If you click the resource tab, it'll take you to some incredible organizations that can help you whether you're experiencing mental health challenges, uh, substance abuse issues, or you just need you know, a therapist to talk to somebody. I'm proud, Mama Jan, I'm back in therapy. I'm about six sessions in. Uh, it's a long time to want to go to therapy after my sister passed, but I realized yep. it was just overwhelming and, and it, it was just too much. And so I am growing through that process. Good girl. And happy to help others. And uh, we just love the work that we do. Um, again, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Make sure you share this episode with family members, with friends, with colleagues, with songwriters, with folks in your creative communities. And let's continue to heal together and let's continue to silence the shame. Thank you and stay blessed. Stay town down. Mm -hmm. <laughs>